Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Brendan Kumarasamy. Brendan is the founder of Master Talk. He coaches ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become top number one communicators in their industry. He also has a popular YouTube channel called Master Talk with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Thanks so much for joining me today, Brendan. Diane, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about this whole, you know, communication and public speaking thing, which it is a big deal. Um, and I would like to start by asking you what you think the biggest challenge is with public speaking. Absolutely. You know what I, I, a lot of people tend to believe, Diane, is that fear is the number one challenge with communication. But I found from experience that fear is actually second. The biggest challenge is motivation. Because a lot of us don't see the link between communication or personal goals, they aren't motivated enough to achieve communication mastery. So our conversation begins with the following question. The question is, how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? You know, a lot of communication is saturated in negativity, death, stress, anxiety, which always confused me, versus going, hey, we always dream about our vacations. We dream about our goals. We dream about our dreams. We dream about the expensive things we want to buy. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? So once we find that reason that's intrinsic to us, that's what pushes us over the fear and to communicate more effectively and practice it more often. Okay, well, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So um, when it comes to the actual, you know, act of public speaking, what is it, what, you know, why do people struggle so much with it? Is it lack of experience? Is that where the fear thing comes in? What do you think it is? Yeah, I would say for me, Diane, what, what they struggle with most is knowing what to do next. Because communication is a very vague topic, right? What does communication even mean? Does it mean, you know, uh, uh, less, uh, less filler words? Does it mean a better vocal tone projection? So because of that definition is vague, it's hard for people to figure out, okay, what's my first step? So I would say it's the, the things that we struggle with having a clear sequence of things to do. So I'll give you one easy example that people can do immediately to work on their communication skills that doesn't necessitate... Uh, an accountability partner. And the tip is simply this, do the random word exercise. So the random word exercise is fairly simple, Diane. All you have to do is you pick a random word like cup or mug or lawyer or lights or chimney, and you create presentations out of thin air. And what this does is it helps build your resilience as a speaker. And what I always tell people is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. And that's one easy step that people can take that's tangible, that's actionable, and that keeps the struggle to a minimum since people know what their next step is. 
I love that. That that's so great. It it really gets like your brain going. So, um, and I am curious about this whole online presenting because you know before the pandemic it wasn't necessarily that um, big of a thing for that you know for as many people. But then the pandemic hits and people can't be in person, and all of a sudden, you know, presenting online becomes this huge thing that everyone needs to master. Um, are, are there particular things about presenting online that people need to be aware of? Absolutely, Dan. So let's start with the three key differences between the online, the in-person world, okay. because the online, to, to your point, is, is definitely going to go past the pandemic. This is definitely becoming a staple now in our day-to-day -day communications. We need to know how to master it. So there's three pieces to this. The first one is eye contact. So when we're in person, we need to deviate our eyes, move our head to the people that we're speaking to. So we're constantly looking at new individuals. Whereas in an online presentation, whether you're talking to one person or 10,000, the only place you need to look at really, which makes things easier, is the camera lens. If you keep your eyes on the prize, which is the camera lens, you're going to be able to look at everyone simultaneously. And that's what's great about it. So you can put a post-it note that just has an arrow pointing to your camera lens that says, look here or else. That's a fun, sarcastic one that I like. Another one is simply putting a picture of your family, somebody that you love, a favorite food. So it incentivizes you to keep looking at the camera lens. That's difference number one. Difference number two is energy. Let's face it, Diane, it's a lot easier for us to show more energy, to show more warmth, to bring more of ourselves into that those in-person conversations. Nothing really replaces that human-to-human -human interaction. But what I will say is the best way to bring that back online in our Zoom call or in a Microsoft Teams meeting is to remember the energy and how we show up online, offline rather in person, what type of person are we and how can we bring more of that person? And the best way to do that, frankly, is to practice more offline so that the online world is easier to navigate. And then that's difference number two. And then finally, difference number three is audience accessibility. When we're in an in-person presentation, let's say I want feedback from my audience, there's very little friction. All I have to do is go up to the first row and say, who wants to get lunch with me? And a few people, just get lunch with me and I can ask them questions. What do you think about the presentation? How can I make this better for next time? Whereas I don't have that luxury online because there's too much friction since it's just a Zoom call. So instead, what I would encourage people to do, Diane, is to force that interaction. Get on calls with people. Uh, get on Zoom calls and try and move those relationships into the real world so you can get the best possible feedback for your online presentations. It's really interesting. Um, as you were talking, I could... I could feel the difference that I've experienced between being in person and presenting online and, and, um, and those are great ideas. What if someone's listening and they're an introvert? What advice do you have for them? Absolutely. You know what I always like to say for introverts, Diane, is I always use this opportunity to break a common myth. A lot of people believe that introverts are just not meant to speak oh yeah extroverts are just better and introverts should just you know read books or something but you know what i found from experience dan is oftentimes the best clients i've worked with in my career are actually introverts and there's a few reasons behind that that introverts just aren't aware of that i'd love to communicate 
So here's the first one. The first piece is introverts are exceptional listeners. Because they spend less time talking, they spend more time listening. Unlike me, that's why my podcast guess I love talking all the time, always yapping. Whereas with introverts, they talk a lot less, which means they're able to quickly adapt their message, what they're sharing with the people who need their message the most. Whereas an extrovert isn't listening as often. I struggle with that for the first few years of my career because I'm an extra extrovert, as they say. So that's number one. The second advantage that introverts have is really in terms of the the most basic element of communication that they learn super quickly, which is the pause, taking a beat, being able to really take the time to use pausing as a weapon, as a tool to make the power of their presentations more effective. And what's nice about introverts, introverts don't really need a 60 minute class on pausing. I just tell them that they're, hey, by the way, if you just pause, you'll be a lot better at speaking. And they implement it instantaneously. Why? Because once again, they spend less time talking and more time in silence, which means they're a lot more comfortable with silences than an extrovert is. If you see me at a party or a bar at an event, whenever there's a space, I just want to fill it up. It's like, so Diane, what'd you do last weekend? I'm always trying to fill up the space, whereas an introvert will never do that. And then finally, advantage number three is introverts are by far a lot more accessible as communicators and often less polarizing than an extrovert speaker. Let me give you a simple example here. Let's Let's say we take a Gary Vaynerchuk Dan. So Gary Vaynerchuk is a great human being, I'm sure. I have a big, I'm a big fan of his work personally. But he's a great example of someone that you either love or you don't like. Okay, you're either one camp or the other. Very few people are in the middle with Gary Vee. Whereas Brene Brown, as a contrast, no one really says the following statement. I hate Brene Brown. Nobody says that. Obviously, I love Brene Brown, love her work. But the point that I want to drive is that introverted speakers are less polarizing and more accessible. So what's the advice, Dan? The advice is simple. Understand your strengths and triple down on them. I love that. And I am so glad I asked the question because I so agree with you. I when I'm talking to a group about networking and someone will say, okay, but I'm an introvert and I don't like talking about myself and what I say is you make the best networker because you'd rather listen than talk and that's what good networkers should do so introverts really don't I I don't think they appreciate how um the advantages that they have just being themselves oh I completely agree I love the way you spin that with networking so um it's so interesting for me with, with with introverts they really they just have so much going for them. So I almost wish I was one. They Um, do. (laughs) They really do. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about 
and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. So let's talk about presenting, um, like doing group presentations. What's, you know, what, what's your advice there? Absolutely. I would say the big difference between single and group presentations, Diane, is one person cannot pull the team to victory in many cases. So you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if one of your boats sinks, the whole ship will just explode. Basically, that's how group presentations work. So what does that mean? A few principles. The first one is, if you're listening to this podcast right now, that means you're the one who's the most invested in yourself, which also means that you should be the leader of your group. So take the time, take the responsibility, take the initiative to understand the strengths and weaknesses of every member on your team. What are they good at? What are they not good at? What are they comfortable with? What are they struggling with? And as the leader, take the hardest parts of the presentation. Give your teammates the easiest possible tasks so that they feel comfortable and you take the burden. That's my first piece of advice so that way the ship doesn't sink. Second piece of advice is you need to have those conversations before the presentation occurs. Practice together, but more importantly, give each other a ton of feedback so that you cover all of your bases. And here's why this is so important, which brings me to point number three. The biggest fail I've seen in, in group presentations is not actually the presentation itself, but rather the Q&A period. So the Q&A is where a lot of group presenters lose. And the reason they lose is because they start contradicting each other. Whereas one person is going, oh, I actually think this. And the other person says the, the complete opposite. And what this does, it completely kills the credibility of your team. Because if I'm sitting in the audience and I'm noticing a contradiction, I, my thought process is, well, if they're contradicting themselves, they probably don't know what they're talking about because they spent months working on this presentation and I'm listening to this the first time. And the other piece around looking like a united front is also, and this is very basic, but a lot of people don't do this, is when, you, when you're not speaking, you're still speaking. So what does that mean? That means when other members of the team are communicating, you need to look at them. You need to smile. You need to nod your head because if you're looking at the sky or the clouds or what's for lunch, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, well, if Brenda's not paying attention to Diane and Diane spent all this time with Brendan working on this presentation, they probably shouldn't listen to this presentation either. So it's important for you to support your team even when you're not communicating in a group as well. Boy, that is huge. That is absolutely huge. I hope people really are listening to that and hearing it because I, I, I know myself, I have witnessed that. And you're absolutely right. It, it is not good so yes well let's stop Let, let's all be very present and pay attention right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so you had mentioned um doing the random word exercise which i think is a great idea are there other sorts of exercises that people can you know be doing even on a daily basis so they get more comfortable with public speaking in, in any of these arenas? Absolutely, Diane. I call these my easy threes. So the first easy exercise that people can implement is the one we talked about that you brought up, the random word exercise. And the reason that's so effective is because it improves your resilience as a speaker. And you can also do this with your kids, your nieces, your nephews, 
people around you so that other people are holding you accountable to do it on a daily basis. I have a ton of people in my ecosystem who just do this with their family. So it's easier for them to digest and it's a fun activity you can do with family. That's number one. The second exercise of the easy threes is the question drill. We've all been in situations where we've been asked a question that we don't know the answer to, whether it's at school from our teachers, whether it's at work from our bosses, or whether it's from our prospects as business owners or customers, or even a podcast setting like the one that we're in right now. We can always get asked questions that we don't really know the answer to in the same way that when I started podcasting what, two, three years ago, I started guesting on shows. People are asking me a ton of questions I just didn't know the answer to. I was like, oh, I should probably think about that one. So what does the question drill allow us to do, Diane? It allows us to spend five minutes every day to just reflect and write down the answer to one question we think the world is going to ask us. So for a business owner, that might be a question that we think our prospect might ask us, oh, this is too expensive, Brendan, or as an example. And you write out the answer to that question. But what's neat about this exercise, Diane, is with only five minutes of practice every day, if you do this for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about either your business, your career, or your life, and you'll be unbeatable. So that's the second one. And finally, the third exercise of the easy threes is simple, but so simple that nobody does it, which is simply sending video messages to the people that you love. Make a list of the people that really pour into you, your parents, your family, friends, the people around you. And ask yourself, when was the last time I sent them a 20-second video message? Not 20 minutes, not 20 hours, just 20 seconds to say, hey, I was just thinking about you. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I just so appreciate having you in my life. Take those three minutes and send a few messages, and you'll watch people brighten up their day because of that. Those are really great. And, and I do have to say that as someone who does... Um, presentations and webinars and things, I absolutely run into circumstances where someone will ask me a question that I had not considered. And I, you have to think on your feet. You know, if, if you aren't doing this sort of practice in the moment, you have to be able to have an answer. And, and that can, you know, either be really tricky or you know, hopefully, you know, your stuff well enough that you can just you know, answer it effectively. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. This is really interesting. I, I have to say that I've spoken to various people over the years about um, public speaking. And this, this is a very tactical. So I really appreciate it. You know, things people can actually do, but such an interesting way of looking at it that I think is really empowering. That's different from you know, other um, people I've heard where it, it's a, it's more about the actual act of speaking. This is, sounds to me like it's really about the mindset of communication. Absolutely, Diane. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words. It's a very sharp observation from your side. You're absolutely right. You know, the, the reason I started Master Talk, because I'm definitely not the oldest dog in the yard. I started coaching CEOs and I was 22. And when I started Master Talk, the reason I started making YouTube videos, because I realized that all of the information that I had in my head wasn't available for free on the internet. Because a lot of the other experts, to your point, I was listening to them and I was like, 
okay, that makes sense. But if someone's a beginner, they're not going to apply this. Okay, that makes sense, but they're too scared to even do that. So, so I just realized over time of making a ton of mistakes because I don't have an academic background in communication. I'm a, I'm a pure practitioner, kind of like a mad scientist where I try hundreds of different strategies on the people that I coach and I, and I take what works and then I just teach it to people because that's what's really going to help people master communication and create a, a better society for all of us. So I'm glad that you noticed that as well. Yeah, it's, it's really, really valuable. And do you have any book recommendations for, you know, the listeners around the subject of public speaking? Absolutely. Uh, but one quick caveat I'll give on the books since, <laughs> since you had made that great observation. You know, one of my, one of my CEO clients, I always tell that story. He, he asks me all the time, what book recommendation do you have for me, Brendan? I always ask him back this question. I say, let's call him John. So John, okay, let's say you're reading a book this week on communication. How many minutes this week would you spend reading that book? He might say something like, oh, you know, Brendan, Diane, maybe I'll spend uh, 30 minutes this week reading this book. And I say, perfect. Here's what we're going to do instead, John. You're going to do the random word exercise 30 times this week instead of reading for 30 minutes this week. Does that sound good? And that's really how we get better. So I would encourage people, and I'll give a book recommendation, I'm happy to, but prioritize the easy threes, making sure that you're booking 15 minutes in your schedule to do this so you can get the skills that you're looking for. But for those of you who already booked those 15 minutes, I'm happy to give a book recommendation. And the book is called Thirst by Scott Harrison. So Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. It's a nonprofit he started to help the world gain access to clean drinking water. And the reason why I love Scott's book is because the practical representation of someone who's applied a lot of the principles we've talked about to raise half a billion dollars for his nonprofit. And because it's so practical and we can see step-by-step step how he was able to build this brand through communication and storytelling in the whole book end-to-end. -end. That's why I like, uh, I like uh, recommending this unconventional read. Great. I think that I, I love that whole uh, premise of why that, that's a good recommendation. So thank you for that. And thank you for spending this time and sharing this perspective uh, on this subject. I think it is really tremendously valuable for my listeners. Of course, Dan. It's, it's my pleasure. And thanks for the great questions and for the kind words as well. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And so, and will you let the listeners know how they can find you and your uh, website and anything you think would be valuable for them to know? Absolutely. So two easy ways of keeping in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. All you have to do is type master talk in one word on YouTube and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And the second way to keep in touch for those of you who are interested in coaching, just register for one of my free interactive Zoom calls. I do a free training on communication every few weeks over Zoom. It's live, it's interactive, There's no, it's not a recorded webinar. And you could register for that at rockstarcommunicator.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much. As I said, I really appreciate this. Gave me an awful lot to think about. So I know it's giving the listeners an awful lot to think about. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. 
And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.